Right, gang? You like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 291, episode two of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it's Wednesday, June 14th, 2023. Oh, yeah. June 14th, National New Mexico Day, National Bourbon Day, National Pop Goes the Weasel Day. What the fuck is that? Pop <laughs> Go the Weasel because the Just Weasel Go Pop. Classic track. Uh, yeah. World Blood Donor Day, National Cucumber Day. Shout out Cukes. Uh, Cukes. International Bath Day. Flag Day. Whatever. National Stra- uh, Strawberry Shortcake Day. Okay. Yeah. Get your cucumbers and your strawberries shortcake and uh, have a pop day. Pop the weasel. Yeah. Yeah. And pop, and pop that weasel. Pop that weasel. You know? Spoilers, that song is a little scary at the end. There's a jump scare at no. the end of that song. Are All there the lyrics? The mulberry, the monkey chase the weasel, <laughs> the monkey something, something about pop goes the weasel. That pop really comes for you sometimes. Wait, the so. original version was about an eagle doing battle over rice? Yeah, of course it was. What? It said half a pound of tuppenny rice, half a pound of treacle. What's treacle? Is that poo? Is that shit? It sounds That's like the way the shit. money goes. Pop goes the weasel. That is, I'm stupid, y'all. What the yo, fuck that is that? Yo, that is so bleak. Yeah. I think I think that's like half a pound of food and then it's just just turns into a half a pound of shit. Wait, and so that's all we is shit? That's the way the money goes. <laughs> wow. And you just money I in, know, money out. I didn't know is treacle. It? No, it's an uncrystallized syrup made during the refining of sugar. Hey, well, what the fuck do I know? Wait, Absolutely why did you think? Nothing. Wait, where did you get shit from? I don't know. It sounds like a, a shit word. Oh, like fecal? Me. So yeah, you thought treacle? that's oh. it. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> I love you immediately. I was like, oh, shit, Jack is treacle up on matter. these. Like, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> Can I get your treacle sample? Yeah. What? Yeah. Am exactly. I the only doctor here? Oh, doing a treacle analysis? Got it. All right. Well, my name is Jack O'Brien, <laughs> a.k.a. Come, a, come, a, come, of, come, of, come of grape alien. <laughs> it's Grimace. Come, sticky grape fun. Ooh. Come, of, come, of, come, of, come of grape alien. 
a jizz slurry, new mick flurry. <laughs> that is courtesy of Hugo Bosk. Uh, uh, you no. keep you keep writing them, I'll keep singing them. <laughs> Songs about the fact that the birthday milkshake at McDonald's is definitely grimace come. Someone put me on. There's a there's like a grape milkshake that is like a float with grape soda. Oh, I'd be on board for that. Yeah, someone pointed yeah, that, that out, and they're great. like, "Look, idiots! This is actually kind of good. Educate." Oh, yourself. that sounds great. And I was but like, oh, "This no, one is right. this is this grimace come, grimace come yeah, flavored." We know. So that. I don't know why they're getting mad at us. <laughs> I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Who me? AKA, I wish you'd let me use that squat rack, my friend. Now feast your eyes upon my thighs, the plump shape they're in. And if you do not need to do some reps again, I would spot you, man. <laughs> okay, look, we're talking plumpers all day over here. That's uh, Razak on Discord. Again, I get it. We're getting Rezik. plumped up thighs. Razak. Yeah. Razak. Also, shout out the lead singer. The Just written from the point of view of a cool gym bro. Yeah. Like, it's interesting because you're saying like, hey, man, you want to let me use that? Yeah. And then you're like, look at my fucking thighs. And I'll, I'll spot you. Beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yeah. Hey, what's your name? Jack. What yeah. about you? Miles. And that's how we met. That's how Impressed by one another's thighs. Haven't been to the gym since, though. Stars in our eyes and <laughs> plump on our thighs. All right. Well, Miles, a little housekeeping up top. Mm -hmm. First time in the history of the show. Uh, we're doing a new publication sketch yeah. for the summer. One episode on Monday, one episode on Friday. Ugh. We're scaling back to a mere eight episodes a week and putting a little extra onto a little extra stank yeah. onto our Tuesday Sprinkle episode. We're interviewing experts. We're interviewing some of you guys doing some longish long plays. Yeah. These are the LPs. You didn't realize all along you were listening to the EP version oh, yeah. of TDZ and these are the LPs. Those are demo tapes. So with that in mind, uh, we're putting, we're, we're looking for you to tell us something interesting about your job. You know what our jobs are. Our guests are people in the media. What's something interesting about your job? What's the craziest thing that ever happened to you? Something people misunderstand about your job. Mm -hmm. We've learned facts about being a uh, automobile repo man, yeah. a wedding aficionado, a animal autopsy person. Veterinary pathologist, Jack. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And a Domino's delivery driver. Thus far, keep them coming. We've been... Really enjoying hearing from you guys. Hit us on the Discord. Hit us at Daily Zeitgeist on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Miles, we yes. are thrilled to be joined in our third seat yes. by a very talented TV writer, podcaster, yes. comedian, yes. essayist. You yes. know her from podcasts like Private Parts Unknown. Oh, yeah. Her essays and writings have been published in uh, little places like The Washington Post, hey? The LA Times, ever ah. heard of it? Bustle. Uh, hello, Giggle. She's written Ooh. for TV shows like Netflix's Know It All, Amazon's Emmy-winning animated series Danger and Eggs. Please mm -hmm. welcome the hilarious, the talented Courtney Kosak! Kosak! <laughs> What's up, Courtney? Great What's to up? be here, guys. Thanks for that amazing intro. Oh, oh it's great to it's have easy. you. Thanks it for writes itself. Putting the work in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just have to make it so you. easy to intro you <laughs> with Verve. <laughs> What's new? Yeah, what's going on? What's new? Um, I'm addicted to making podcasts. I have like three podcasts right now. There you go. Hell yeah. So that's, Shout like, up. that's Shout keeping out that me addiction. pretty busy. Yeah. Nice. What else we got? Private Parts Unknown? 
What else are we working on? Uh, the Bleeders about book writing and publishing. And then a very meta podcast about podcasting called Podcast Bestie. <laughs> nice. Wait, how is it meta? Wait, what's what's meta about it? Well, I mean, I'm like teaching people how to podcast? produce and promote oh, a podcast. Oh, nice, nice. Dope. Yeah, it's fun. Okay. It's a really, it's turning into a lovely little community. Dope. That's so fun. That's the fun thing about podcasting that I never expected from like every other yeah. medium I've worked in was just how quickly people like are just become like like-minded or just create a community. And you're like, oh my, yeah. really? Look at y'all doing your thing. Totally. And I'm so flattered just to know the people that are listening. They're all so delightful. So, yeah, they're so great. great. Yeah, yeah. Asking our listeners to like tell us their jobs has been pretty mind blowing because they're just like crazy, impressive, like wild shit. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. I got hit up by a teacher from the UK. Wow. Like I want to talk about their job. I'm like, what? We got Is it different? Are they debunking the myths from the uh, Pink Floyd song, The Wall? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean it's it's such a yeah it's always it's always a nice you know pleasant part of doing this kind of stuff like that's yeah. why i think it's important for people to just create whatever they want to because there's people will always be picking up what you're putting down on some find your people all right courtney we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment first mm -hmm. a few of the things we're talking about in today's episode by the time you hear this trump will have been arraigned um in the lead up to the arraignment, he could not find a single lawyer to add to his team. He was looking for a Florida lawyer who had some expertise in this national security stuff and got got a lot of uh, no thank yous from mm. them. So mm. we'll talk about that. We'll talk about pe people keep saying the Republicans might have to the Republican Party might have to step in or they might have to do something about this. And. I don't know what that looks like, even like potentially what what they think that looks like. So mm -hmm. I, I just want to kind of talk through that. Finally, Gen Z is killing an industry. So we, we want to congratulate them. They got their their first body. They caught their first body. And as elder millennials, you know, yeah. just congrats. Congrats, homie. To you. Welcome yeah. to the set. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Uh, and we might even get into some Garth Brooks, probably... One of the m most popular artists that I think about the least. Right. But other other than his Facebook Live video where he announced, well, it's official. We're on Facebook, which oh, is one of my oof. favorite works of media of the past, like, three decades. <laughs> and but, I saw everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> I did. But this is truly this is better. Just one of the most surreal performances of humanity that I've ever witnessed. But... So his politics are interesting because he's in the country music world. And so you get a lot of shit for just being like three clicks to the left of fascism. And so there, there's just been a lot of culture wars around him doing very down the middle stuff like serving Bud Light at his new bar. So we're just going to talk about the, the politics of Garth Brooks slash Chris Gaines because he, he's been hinting. The Chris Gaines might come out of hiding. Oh, with the swoop yeah. hair and everything? Swoop hair. Oh, man, that was a sick look. Oh, man. That was the SNL where, you know, it was hosted by Garth Brooks and the musical guest was Chris Gaines that has one of my top 10 sketches of all time in terms of the the space that it takes up in oh, my Oh, is that mind. the devil the, one? The devil one. Yeah, That's, Garth oh, Brooks and the yeah. devil. That's from Ferrell? an episode where he does the 
monologue as Garth Brooks and teases musical guest Chris Gaines will be with us later on. Woo! So, yeah, sold his soul for, for Mondays. So idea. I hate Mondays. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Son of a bitch. The guitar <laughs> was out of tune. Yeah, one of the best. One of the best. Uh, before we get to any of that shit, Courtney, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? I watched Shiny Happy People. So I looked up, is Jill Duggar estranged from her family? And looks like the answer is yes. Which mm. one? Okay, so this is Tell the us. documentary about the Duggars who had what, a TLC show. Is that where their show yes, was originally at? like 17 and counting, 18. You know, it's like right. they kept having more kids. So the number kept going up. And I didn't think I was going to, you know, I wasn't like a fan. I didn't watch the show all the time. Right. I was just desperate for something to watch because I feel like the offerings lately have gotten slim pickings. Yeah. But yeah, the documentary is crazy. And Jill is one of the older girls that suffered abuse at her brother's hands. And I think, but it, it was so nice to see her like gain her voice through this documentary. Oh, oh got you. So how many, so of these kids, how many are estranged like from the family? Is she like the only one who's like, this is bad, y'all. Like I'm, I'm off this. I think the older girls, I think at least two or three of the older girls. Right. Oof. Yeah. So the abuser was the, one of the older sons. Right. The oldest son, yeah. The I oldest can't. son. And Josh. then did the parents, like, stick by him, or what, what happened? Yeah, they just keep trying to cover up Jesus his Christ. stuff. And to protect the industry of their family, too. Oh, right, yeah. right. And the, the girls had to up. go on. Yeah, they had to go on and talk to Megyn Kelly about the abuse. Like, it was no big deal. It's wow. I highly recommend watching it. It's crazy. What is it on? Uh, Amazon Prime. Got it. Got it. Got it. Amazon. Oof. I've heard of them. I think I think they do good work. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They hire a lot of people. Yeah, they a lot. They're job creators. Job creators. Job. All <laughs> those people should be thankful that they have jobs. Those jobs wouldn't be there otherwise. <laughs> so so take so what you're offered. They'd be starving if it weren't for Jeff Bezos's singular genius. What is something, Courtney, that you think is overrated? Well, I just opened a student loan bill this morning, so I was reminded about college and how I still owe $8,000 and how I'm probably going to go into my 40s and still owe money. So yeah. I feel I feel scammed. <laughs> yeah. What to you was like at the time, right? When you were on the precipice of taking on this debt, what was in your mind? Did you have any foresight or was it just kind of like, I don't know, everyone's fucking doing it. So I no, guess I, I didn't want to go because I was going to be an actor, too. And I wasn't I was wildly delusional, but I wasn't so delusional <laughs> that I thought like, oh, the best way to do this is by going to college. You know, right, but right, my, right. my parents were like, you know, this is right. so important. And the thing is, I love taking classes like I still take writing classes to this day. Got but you. I feel like colleges are just for real real estate holdings yeah. essentially <laughs> it's right. so indirect like how the teachers get paid and everything so anyway scam yeah mm. what and you studied theater or acting is that what you want yeah 
Uh, yeah, I mean, nah. I mean bad call. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> my thing was like, I'll study history because my backup will be to be a teacher. So at least if I, like with all else fails, at least I have like a degree in something I can be like, and I want to teach that. So fuck it. Like, let's go with it. But yeah, I totally get that. Part of me was like, what am I going to do with this shit? If I'm, if I'm going to be a sick ass podcaster. Yeah. Didn't have that for I knew I was going to be a podcaster. I majored in podcasting <laughs> and everyone was very confused because it didn't exist yet. But. Yeah, yeah, we all knew. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, what? It's called yeah. podcasting, dad. <laughs> Colleges are like venture capital firms, essentially. With, yes. Yeah. With classes that teach that also have classes there, which I think venture capital firms should just start offering classes and put college. Thank out you. Of business. Exactly. Yeah. Cannibalize them. Like, we'll teach you how to just fucking, you know, pillage yeah. economically, financially. Go ahead. That's one of those industries that uh, millennials were supposed to have killed is colleges, right? Wasn't that like a thing? Oh, did we kill colleges don't too? care about colleges anymore. I thought we killed everything. Yeah, but they, yeah. I don't know, they, they still seem to be thriving. A lot um, of millennials went though, but I do yeah. think in our wake, we hopefully put a dent in some of these, yeah. you know, Maybe the Gen Z kids who saw their older millennial relatives are like, what the what's wrong with courtney no way they got taken for like <laughs> did you have fun at least grand. did you have fun at least in college um i tried to get out of there as soon as possible so Same. i graduated i'd taken some pseo some college classes in high school and then i also went to a fast so i graduated in like two years and made Dang. mistakes in other places <laughs> yeah 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 of course of course you took pseo the and then said pscu that was my attempt. I, it, it sounded better. It sounded like it was going to sound more like it in my head, and it didn't quite work out. Yeah. Uh, what is something that you think is underrated? So I think this ties into today's episode, but knowing exactly what's in the latest Trump indictment, and you can listen to it like an audiobook, which I did. Mm. Mm -hmm. Ali Velshi read it on the MSNBC podcast, Prosecuting Donald Trump or I think that's the name of it. But it was definitely worth the hour and 12 minute listen. And I think if you're going to be in conversations with people and not know exactly what's in it, I I don't know. Inform yourself. I feel yeah, personally attacked right now. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> hold on. I give just me, looked at. I I looked give me at one the hour picture. and twelve minutes. Let's let's I, let's take a quick break for an hour. I looked at the picture of the bathroom with the chandelier and the extremely low toilet, and I feel like I got it. I said, That's I, all you I need to it. see. Pictures yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think, yeah, the one thing you hear a lot is mostly conservatives just conflating it. it was like, well, Hillary did that and Joe Byron, too. And you're like, that's yeah. not even close to the same thing. Do you even know what they did? Or are you just saying that because that's what they said on Fox? But again, I think it's like the same thing where people will just watch MSNBC and be like, regurgitate like a half mm -hmm. a sentence they remember from Rachel Maddow. And then and you're like, are you sure what you're saying, too? Uh, no, but Trump bad. Mm. And you're like, okay, oh, well. you read the indictment, but you didn't read Clinton cash. Okay. <laughs> wow. Interesting. Yeah. So it, what, what's something that jump that you feel like you wouldn't have otherwise known? Well, I didn't know. I mean, the what's the co-defendant's name? Walt Nauda. Nauda. Yeah. I, his whole involvement and just how illegal Trump knew everything that he was yeah. doing was totally illegal and was just like playing 
cat and mouse with these documents. And it's like, that's some of the charges are just that. And right. it's obvious that he knew. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's just direct quotes yeah. from him being like, well, what if we broke this law? Let's try, let's try breaking this. I'm law showing you here. this. It's totally it's classified. Top secret. You shouldn't look, but look at it. It's secret. <laughs> and the the aides are like, "Oh wow, this is a problem." Yeah, There's that's so my many favorite aides. line. When that aide is like, "So," and then I think he responds. He's like, "Well, I guess there's that then." Like Trump says something in response to the aide being like, "This is a problem," and he's like. Well, I guess we've got to figure that out then. And it just kind of like, <laughs> it reads like some fucking modern family episode. Yeah, that's shit. my favorite Trump. It's the same gear of after he delivered the COVID address when he went, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yo, okay. Also, he okay. knew he was being recorded. And he's just like, it's not like he thought this was totally being done in secret. They're like, right. we're recording this. Do you know that this is being recorded? And he's like, yeah. And then he's like, oh, we're breaking the law? Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, God. that seems to be anybody who reads it or, you know, listens to the whole the entire indictment, their takeaway seems to be like, oh, he's well, like he's actually fucked this time. Yeah. But I just like, don't want to lose sight of I just don't I don't want to lose my cynicism and my belief that he'll f still find a way. Oh, he will. He will get out of this. So I think I'm just going to live in that because I would rather have the shock of my fucking life. Mm -hmm. than yeah. even be like, I don't know, y'all. Let's rub our mitts together. I'm like, they always figure it out. Mm -hmm. They're going to figure yeah. it out, whether it's yeah. this judge or whatever. And then we'll just kick the can and then they'll be like, I don't know. We tried, folks. I don't know. Vote Trump for president. Whatever. Yeah. I just it's so dangerous this time. It's like if you've yeah. seen an episode of The Americans, like there were for sure spies in oh, that yeah. bathroom. <laughs> oh, yeah. They kept catching spies. Do you remember like we kept talking about these stories where they'd be like like a Chinese national who has ties to like their intelligence apparatus yeah. was caught like trying to enter Mar-a-Lago. And at the time we were like, like, do they just think are they're going to like overhear him like saying stuff? And it's like, oh, no, he was just <laughs> look at the bathroom. They just had to ask to use the restroom. But not but don't look in any of the boxes. Promise me that if you're going poo poo in there, <laughs> right. don't look in the boxes. I mean, there's even like that woman who like pretended to be like a Rothschild and like hung yes. out with him. And you're yeah. like, well, y'all, are you serious? It's the most low energy scammers pulling up in there. Imagine like a trained person with like, you know, functional knowledge of spy craft. And you're like, you're in there being like, oh, yeah, I'm here to repair the blah, blah, blah or whatever. You get a fake ass Mar-a-Lago uniform. But it's funny <laughs> to hear how many Republicans are like, that place has secret service. There's no way that someone could just waltz up in there. And all you yeah. have are stories of people just waltzing up in there. Yeah. The Secret Service looking just completely like, like I feel like Trump was the first president who didn't age like a president, but anybody who worked around him or was like trying to protect him from himself aged like a president. Mm -hmm. Like they were just aged like it was the final scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to keep talking about this. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Zeit gang, customers are rushing to your store, but do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it, you know, like a literal POS? 
Well, you need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Connect with customers inline and online. Look, you want to use TikTok? Well, guess what? They have plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns on platforms just like that. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system. Or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Now, I was looking at Shopify.com, and I'm trying to get some answers. Let's say, uh, you know, how to bustling retail business and i need you know maybe uh, some hardware to be able to sell my wares on the street take credit card payments whatever and i know shopify is easy to use half the time i buy something online i'm like oh yep they're using shopify and if you need to learn more check out their website it's super easy to navigate whether you have questions about how you can optimize your inventory or again looking for hardware to make sales easier shopify.com has all of that just go there check it out so sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash tdz all lowercase, go to shopify.com slash TDZ to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash TDZ. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. In my best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. We're back. So yeah, it as we were mentioning before the break, it does seem like the fallout from this one and the specifics of the indictment seem to be like, he is on wax being like, we're breaking the law. You know, Come the on, fact folks. that his co-defendant is one of his lawyers. 
I think is not helping his ability to hire new lawyers in this case, (laughs) because as he was preparing to be arraigned on Tuesday, he spent, you know, the 24 hours before scrambling to find more lawyers and came up empty. Mm. So he's going to be represented by his two existing lawyers after, quote, several attorneys declined to take him as a client. He was trying to get a local Florida lawyer as well as someone with national security expertise that could help him navigate the Espionage Act charges. And everyone was like, no, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's the worst fucking client to have. One of his other lawyers who resigned just was basically like, it's not good to defend someone when there are other influences at play. Was there a very cryptic explanation? And you're like, okay. Yeah, I don't even know what the fuck that means. I can only imagine. I'll assume the worst about that. But yeah, you add to that just how fucking severe the case is. And people are like, I don't Yeah. I don't yeah, I, I mean, like, I guess if you want me to, I like, I'd rather not take the L so publicly defending you on this. Mm-hmm. Lawyers who have turned him down and like have said anonymously, but they're like, first of all, he's a notoriously difficult client being any in any way associated with him could cause reputational damage and also the strength of the indictment is unfuckwithable it's he he clearly is like openly clearly flagrantly breaking law the laws that he's being accused of breaking yeah and again on tape it's not even it's not even like refutable some stuff it's like uh, here's exhibit A. This is when he's like, it's secret, no peeking, <laughs> but also look at it. I'm the president, or I was, look, I could have declassified it, but I can't now because I'm no longer the president. This is therefore classified information you were looking at. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 way too much. So when you hear people say he's really like, legally he's fucked on, on this one. If it I, were anybody think, else. Yeah. I think the follow-up is often like, the Republican Party might have to step in. Because otherwise they're going to have a, you know, nominee for president who is running from prison or like might soon be facing prison time. Mm -hmm. And I just still have not heard a single concrete explanation for like what they think that means. To like save him? To, I think they mean step in and like get him out of the presidential race. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, 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 I think that when people say that, they're missing a really crucial part of their analysis of what even the Republicans are. Yeah, because basically, he, they've th- the ship has set sail with what they can do or not do. Because the second they let Trump take over the base and not push back on his steady radicalization of the base. Like and everyone's like, this thing's gonna get away from y'all. You better be careful. It's gonna get away from y'all. It's gotten away from them now. And so basically, everyone's kissed the ring in the Republican Party. So they're all they're basically signed up for all the bullshit that comes along with it. That's why you only have like tepid, sort of like distancing from Senate Republicans. We're like, it looks bad, but right. not like he needs to go to prison. This is fucked up. Like it's short of that. Like the most they can do is be like, objectively, this looks like a bad legal case. And yeah, it ends there. And so because of that, Trump has now completely he's he's taken over the party. And so he is the party. So there's no way the idea that they could do something like you'd have to presume that Trump was operating on the outside and that right. already that the party is not already in service to every of like all of his desires. So I don't I think at, from if you look at it like that, there is nothing they can do because they've just become part of him. Yeah. What it's, if they in mass said 
like this is illegal that he should be in prison. That would be wild. That would be wild. And it probably I mean, but it it might hurt his feelings enough for him to like run as an independent candidate. But I don't know that it would like that they can do any like you can't prevent him from running as a Republican, I don't think. Yeah. And would they? I think what like, right, let's let's presume all the Senate Republicans are like, they were like, you know what? This is a bridge too far. He broke the laws. He has to go. He has to answer for his crimes. This is indefensible. And we like, as far as we're concerned, we want nothing to do with Donald Trump as a as a politician or anything. Right. What would happen is the base would just go. These people are fucking rhinos and fuck them. And then that's it. That's where it ends. You know, like there's no there's no second layer of an or like they're not going to think past that because again trump just embodies like white grievance politics in its most potent form and there's nothing you can do to like change that because unless you like address the ideological shortcomings of their like white grievance politics they're just going to go further down this hole because everything's in service of we're losing our our spot our influence we're having to cede like we're having to acknowledge other people's existence and be more inclusive they don't want to do with any of that so they're just going to go further and further and just go like i don't know this guy fine i don't care if he kills people because at the end of the day we're like here for this very intellectually you know sad (laughs) like argument it's hard to see how they they change unless they have a real shift and that's just i think that's that ain't happening i mean they didn't want him to be the nominee in 2016 and they weren't able to stop him then. And now he has so much more of a hold over the Republican Party. Like, I guess his their reasons for wanting to stop him are stronger now, or at least like you could make the case in a mainstream media news article that he is like not a candidate who should be eligible for office. But that is not going to resonate at all. Like it, it presumes that the Republican Party has the same control as the Democratic Party. Like the Democrats were able to step in and be like, well, it can't be Bernie Sanders, right? Like no one's going to vote for him in the general. So it's like, like, well, what about all these millions of people that support him? We'll figure that out. We'll figure it out later. Ice him the fuck out of here. But the Democratic Party, like the Democratic base, like inherently actually listens to the mainstream media. Like, and so... You know, he won a single primary. Sanders won a single primary. And then the mainstream media went into full panic, like electability shit. And then, you know, it was basically over because that's that is a voice that the that the Democratic voting base listens to. Whereas Trump voters don't take like they don't listen to the mainstream media at all. And in fact, like if the mainstream media tells them something they will, you know, be less likely to believe it, which just it, it makes me think like in a much stranger, we have like a much stranger next year in front of us than people are acknowledging because oh, yeah. he is I don't think his power is going anywhere. There's this idea that DeSantis is going to come in and like save the Republican Party from Trump and like or that these indictments or, you know, eventual convictions are going to come in and save the country from Trump. And I just don't think any of those things are going to work at all and might, in fact, like give him more power with his base, which who, like you said, it's like a combination of like racism and like martyrdom 
Like the, that is a really powerful combination for his base. Well, yeah, and, all all fucking dictators do the victimization shit. Sure. You know, they all do because that when you say that to your crowd, then you have basically in their mind implanted. Now y'all have to defend me because I'm yeah. a victim. Y'all fuck with me, right? I'm a victim. So what's yeah. up? And they will all say that's you're right. That's fucked up. We need to defend you. And that's all he's bringing out. Listen to the fucking defenses, though from some of these Republicans, because they don't even make sense. Like, this is how far down the road we are with, like, other things that could be like, it was a perfect call, whatever. We're talking about transcripts where he knows what he's doing is fucking illegal, right? Like, this is Jim Jordan talking to Dana Bash on CNN. He, like, he doesn't even know what to say when she's like, but he's on tape. And he just starts being like, like, he starts, like, fucking melting. He says point blank on tape as president, I could have declassified it. Now I can't. He says in his own words, it's on tape as part of this indictment that he did not declassify the material. Therefore, it is Dana, classified. Saying he, saying he could have, saying he could have is not the same as saying he didn't. He, he said, said he, now he I can't. He declassified this material. He said that meant... Now he can't, right, because right, he's not president now, but when he was Which president, means he that did declassify. He said that. Which means Which, that what he, he was holding was classified. No, not, not, not when he, not, not if he... <laughs> Not if he declassified it when he was president of the United States, for goodness sake. But he's sake. saying point Again, blank in this, this audio is, this tape that he did not declassify it. It's, it what you're oh, saying just doesn't make sense on its face. Exactly. And he's even like, fuck, come on. Yeah, he has a smile on his face that is like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? Yeah, you here? caught me lying. You caught yeah. me lying. Okay, fine. Or then, like, here's Kevin McCarthy. Who, when asked, are like, yo, this is a bad, like, literally saying, this is a bad look, right? <laughs> this is what fucking Kevin McCarthy said. Was that a good look for the former president to have boxes in a bathroom? I don't know. Is it a good picture to have boxes in a garage that opens up all the time? A bathroom door locks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> he's, I know. He's serious about it. I could, I could roll up to any garage door right now and just <laughs> open that shit. Wow. Just pull up and just because they're unlocked. I'm like, is what, you know, like the lock for a bathroom, is it for the, in case the documents want to have privacy while they're taking the shit? Right. Like what, it, like anyway, and you can pick them from the outside. They're all, like, they're made to be like, hey, even if you lock it from the inside errantly, you can still get into the bathroom because there are ways to just disengage the door handle lock. So they're at this thing where it's like, they're just saying things are there that aren't or these really half-assed answers. And I think the only way that, honestly, you would see any kind of real reaction is you have to go against like one of the two tenets of the United States. It's white supremacy or capitalism. Right. So yeah. unless Trump, I don't. And again, I've always said as a thought experiment, it would be wild to see if Trump could even break that barrier and be like, what we've got to do is take a We got to redistribute all of this wealth. And give it to you guys. <laughs> yeah. And people be like, yeah. Then would we see the reflexes of this country, the natural reflexes of this country kick in where they're like, that shit ain't happening ever. Right. right. And then you see all the fucking networks get lockstep and be like, this guy's bad or just like stop talking about it. Because like you say, Jack, like all the time, like there is a instinct within the United States to reject anything that isn't going along with like hyper capitalism. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. the only th potential third rail I could see. But that's We're deathly allergic happen. to anything that is even suggests socialism. But I mean, just to like, I, I don't think like a lot of people are like, 
the the media was out in full force at his arraignment, and people were like, "Is this going to be the next January 6th? And I I think like as of now, which I th- I think the arraignment, like as we're recording this, just happened. People were saying that like the media outnumbered protesters. Like it, it does seem like there is in New York, right? Yeah, uh, right, I think they in, said in Miami. Right? Oh, I'm, I'm looking word? at it right now. There's a lot of motherfuckers out there. Oh, there is. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Florida. Like it's yeah, different. Yeah. That's the thing is like New York isn't going to have the same crop of people who are willing to like call in sick to go down to a courthouse, you know, than Florida is. Like there's like I said yesterday in like a trending episode. There's the Florida of it all with this case too. That will have ramifications with the jury and whatever shit might take place outside of the courthouse. Yeah. But like for just for a worst case scenario, like we've got Carrie Lake who lost in Arizona last year in the in the midterms saying if they want to come for or like indict Trump, they have to come through me and 75 million other Americans. And most of us are card carrying members of the NRA, which is like that's pretty clearly a call to like civil war. Oh, yeah. She also like was like, and anyone who comes to his arraignment should like protest peacefully. But like, I'm pretty sure the implication of what she's saying is like that we're going to start a second civil war. And so like in the face of that, just the idea that like the Republican Party could do anything like what they're going to like give DeSantis like more TV ads or like give him extra 15 seconds in the debates. Like what? it's not a party, though. I think we just have to stop talking about it as a party. Yeah, there, it's, there, it's, a, it's an autocratic organization within the United States. And like all they do is just defer to the head, which is Donald Trump. And the few yeah. people that don't, they just leave. And that's only like a couple. Yeah. And I think yeah, there's yeah. also there. Jamel Bowie had this op-ed in The New York Times. who talks about sort of like this paradoxical relationship that Republicans have and other people in organizations that are in distress have where you don't necessarily shed a ton of people because there are some people who think well, I better stay to keep it from being worse. And that's why you get these like weird mealy mouthed Senate Republicans who are like, well, it looks bad, but then are like rah, rah voting to like not certify the election and shit. Like, and you know, it's, I don't know. I I think it's all having to do with the fact that they've, once 2016 happened, it was just a wrap. You know, everyone's like, they've opened Pandora's box and this is what's happened. Like, it's not, they're not going to be able to move to the fucking whatever cent whatever the center is anymore yeah without something serious happening yeah maybe though i mean i hate to sound like such a pollyanna but the most of the republican i mean of the republicans i know i feel like they're more like business republicans and have no desire to vote for him like you know sure did they vote for him the first time um i don't know Exactly. That's always my question. Is that why you're still friends with them? Because you don't know that part. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't know the first part, but (laughs) I didn't interrogate it too hard. But yeah. 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 I just so I don't think that there's going to be these January 6th style like insurrections happening because people got so fucked over and his response was just like grift on their behalf. So I, I do feel like there's less energy for that but i just i think like we're obviously like it's everyone in the mainstream media is like this is uncharted territory because a former president is being indicted but like i just have no idea like where we like what does the 2024 election look like it's going to be so fucking strange Mm -hmm. oh yeah 
It could be. That's why it's. And again, we know what Trump said. If he wins, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. He said, I'll never leave. <laughs> and, you know, he, he already tested the fences in his first administration and realized, oh, shit, OK, I need more flunkies. Like, I'm gonna have to purge half the people who are career employees of the government because those were the people that ended up interrupting the like those were the nodes in the system that ended up stopping the fuckery at certain points yeah. rather than making it fully smooth sailing. And to know that his whole because, again, he's just running to get out of prison. So right. that's all it is. Like, it's like it's like a race to the fucking election. So you'd be like, I, I got to win or maybe the homie can win and pardon me. But that's <laughs> it. Like, it has nothing to do with anything else. And and, you know, well, the, the, the country will suffer. I mean, it's already fucked up. But it's like what what right. is like the voting day of the 2024 presidential election going to look like? Like there's going to be people with guns at every fucking ballot place. Like it's truly just di so dystopian. It's Jack, it's, they're going to be at least 150 feet outside of the. They're not going to be, <laughs> the so yeah, be 150 yeah. feet where the police will high five them. And yes. occasionally let them aim their guns at the other people Sick as long as they don't pull the trigger. Tattoo. You too. Yeah. And then, yeah. All right. Well, very strange times. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about Gen Z. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. And we're back. And finally, Gen Z is getting caught a body. Blood on their hands. Blood on their hands. They're killing booze sales at concerts. Woo! I just love that. They finally, we have our head first, or I don't know, at least for my uh, memory, a first Gen Z is killing blank industry. But yeah, they said something like there's an article on Billboard that was saying that like some of these like club operators are seeing like, 25% 25% declines in booze sales at shows that are aimed at Gen Z audiences. But this is a trend we've talked about for a while, like, and it's been documented since the early aughts, like college kids are drinking less and smoking more weed. That's I just think everybody is. It really yeah, feels that, like everyone is now. Yeah. Like, like, I, like, I don't know why we're blaming Gen Z. It's just yeah, now it we have for me. <laughs> right. Now we have oh edibles God. and we have psilocybin and like what? you know that that are much easier to get like you used to need like to know somebody's older brother who was yeah. a drug dealer to get mushrooms <laughs> now it's yeah. like much now they much have like easier. some dispensaries are like hey we got mushrooms on the low yeah. just so you know anyway uh, <clears throat> uh but <clears throat> but yeah like then it's funny like there's this one an- analyst in this article they pointed out quote they're either eating edibles before they come or there's more <laughs> of a sober like mental health focus <laughs> <laughs> It's like their fucking analysis. Um, And I think what's interesting is that Gen Z is definitely more mindful than their older peers. Like we've seen that across the board from like their their own sense of self and like what their values are. But also this was wild. 21% of Gen Z like consumers have bought non-alcoholic beer in the last 12 months. Wow. To me, that is really indicative of where they're at. Because like when I was in my 20s, I think I bought non-alcoholic beer once and it was to prank one of our friends that we nicknamed the bastard (laughs) just to give you an idea of like what the dynamics were at play there oh man so i think there is something to that but i think overall like with all these articles they always they're missing the point when it's like millennials are killing the diamond industry it's like no we don't have diamond money right and right now if you go out have you tried to buy alcohol at a sports or music venue that shit yeah. is like five X like pricing. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. They're just charging more because they're selling less, essentially. Yeah. I mean, I think they also like the, they don't really make mention of the sacred ritual of young broke kids, the pregame. Right. And yeah. when I didn't have like going out to drink money, I would get fucked up at home and then go out because I knew I didn't have to buy any alcohol when I was out. Yeah. Yeah. I just bring a like flat bottle of vodka with me, like a yeah. like an old do- fashioned wino. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I went to like a dive bar once with a bottle just to like save save money. Oh, my homie, the bastard! Yeah. He would go to the bar and he would bring. He would just fill up. He would do half diet coke, half Jim Beam. 
and wow. just skip and sip on that. And then he would go to his car and just like re up that shit. And then like they were eventually like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, man? so he would order Diet Coke from the bar. And no, then... no, no, no. He brought in a 20 ounce Diet Coke bottle with him and was just <laughs> sipping off that in like flagrant style. That's amazing. But, you know, people are doing their own thing. I don't know. I think it's just, it, it's true. Like we're just, we're fine. We're having fun in our own ways. And now these like venues are like, what if we sold CBD? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I don't think that's what it is. What if you lowered your prices? But again, everything costs more. So I don't know how that jibes with the business model. I mean, the first time, like the first kind of deep stoner thought, like I heard about like my, it was like ninth grade history teacher was like, why do you think booze is legal and weed isn't? Mm -hmm. We're like, because weed uh, is bad for you. You're our teacher. We're trying to. And he was (laughs) like, no, it's because you can grow your own weed. It's easy. You don't you don't need the government to make it for you. You don't need a corporation to make it for you. So it's harder to tax. Yeah. I was like, whoa. He was also dipping the entire time we were in class. (laughs) Shout out to Kentucky. Yeah, it's like but, so telling how capitalist the headline is, though. It's not like these Gen Z kids are making way healthier choices. Right. It's like they're no. killing this industry. They're fucking up my money is the <laughs> yeah. translation. All these headlines are this generational cohort is fucking up our money. Yeah. Yes. The only mention of mental health and this being a good thing is from the analyst who says there's more Either they're eating edibles before they come or there's more of a sober (laughs) mental health. And then they had like the journalist had to add the word focus. It's in like the the, uh, parentheticals that so like he he presumably said like there's more of a sober mental health thing or something. Mental health shit, shit, probably sober mental Mental. health shit. They're either eating. I like though. It's like it's like the take of like a distressed parents like. I think they're either eating edibles before they come (laughs) or it's like sober mental health stuff. Like don't even know how to actually bring up the topic of mental health without needing the help of the journalist. Or it's like sober mental health thing. (laughs) Focus. Focus is the word you're looking for, sir. Yeah. But yeah, it's, 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 it's sad to see, you know, less booze sales and I don't know, younger people just figuring out what's better for them and what they like rather than Consuming DUIs, yeah, deaths. nothing to celebrate here. <laughs> when are the cops going to be like the Gen Z is killing the DUI industry? Yeah. <laughs> but Fuck won't you know. please think of the one giant corporation that owns every booze company? <laughs> like, right, please, right. that that those are the real victims here. That's who we really need to be thinking of. Right. All right. Well, speaking of booze and music, Garth Brooks is in the news. I guess he's like always in the news. It's just like tends to be not news that I'm paying attention to. But this dude's still selling out like fucking football stadiums. Hell yeah. And he really stepped in it because uh, he announced that his new Nashville bar will be serving Bud Light, the beer like beverage and target of transphobic outrage. And people people are pissed. I this is the sort of story that I feel like I might typically skip past but i am viewing like courtney we we had a pop culture theorist aisha harris on the show Mm -hmm. yesterday and we're talking about this idea that 
stan culture and like being really like devoted to taylor swift or like whoever your musical favorite musical artist is or like star wars or these things is like the new religion because like religion has sort of gone away for Mm -hmm. most young people and so i don't i don't know i do i do think that it's probably worth paying attention to when these massive like global phenomenon artists make a decision that like infuriates their disciples and it looks like i don't know hey garth brooks first of all i do want to say i think it's important context for all stories about garth brooks this man has left the planet earth permanently there's a video where he announces that he's on Facebook Live for the first time. It's a historical document at this yeah. point. It was when like Facebook video was new. But I just want to play it real quick. You guys can hear the audio. Just know that he is looking deep into the camera. Bedroom eyes. Get, yeah, like it's like a combination of like 70s cult leader, like just big glassy eyes, but he's also like trying to fuck you. Like and, a cult leader. Yeah. yeah, like a cult Yeah, so basically like it's a cult, cult leader. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. I really wasn't sure about this at the start. But then a friend of mine said something that just made all kinds of sense. Uh-huh. She said, think of it more as a conversation. I like that. <sighs> but I'm already finding out on my own. So it's wiping the walls out between you and me. And I really like that. It allows us into each other's worlds, or I, I guess in my case, the hotel room. <laughs> I think about things I want to post. I want to post cool stuff, slick stuff, neat stuff. Slick. Yes. The stuff I'm going to post is going to be raw stuff like this. Raw. This is just who I am. Just give it to you, Rob. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Ow! How much did they pay him? <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah, well, he did. Every he's been talking about. He's been talking about this decision with like the Bud Light stuff on Facebook Live. Yeah. So, so he's I mean, it was, with this it. was the beginning of yeah. a significant shift in the cultural landscape. But he is very just. I don't know. I can't imagine that's what he's actually like in person. But it's very, very, very strange vibes mm-hmm. being given in that video. Yeah. But yeah, so he also revealed recently that he's itching to revive his rock alter ego, Chris Gaines, which I don't know how many people remember this, but in 1999, he released an album under the name Chris Gaines. He had floppy bangs and Mm -hmm. no cowboy hat and just like was really all in on this character. He he recently said the Gaines project was a lot of time put in because it's not natural. You're acting on record. But I want to do it simply for the people who love the Gaines project, talking about like reviving it. People who like me wearing a wig. I yes. think he's bringing it back because he wants to wear hair. Yeah, <laughs> truly. I Look, yeah. I love a wig. You know what I mean? And that shit look it's looks so dumb, but I get how he would put the wig on. He'd be like, honey, get in here. Look at me. <laughs> Look at this guy. What do we call him? Yeah. It ain't Garth. It's man, if I had hair, I would be somebody called Chris Gaines or something <laughs> like that. It's like how that happened. It's like, okay, honey. Yeah. yeah. Call my Miles producer. Miles likes to idea. wear wigs as as a bit. Oh yeah. As a bit. But 
people people who've run into me in public, like I've some of y'all see me at the grocery store, they're like Miles, and I'm like turning, <laughs> like flopping my hair back. I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> excuse oh me? hi, yeah. <laughs> you must be Zeit Gang. Yes, <laughs> men will go to any lengths to not go to therapy and instead wear a wig. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Am yeah, I yeah. right, ladies? Cheaper too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so this caused like him, his decision to serve Bud Light, not his decision to maybe revive Chris Gaines, caused huge backlash from country fans. And he just doubled down and said, but inclusiveness is always going to be me. I think diversity is to the is the answer to the problems that are here and the answer to the problems that are coming. So, like it feels like he's speaking like a spiritual leader, like, mm-hmm. which sure. I mean, he so he's always been like a step progressive for his audience. Like he won a Glad Media Award for his 1993 song, We Shall Be Free, which drops pretty radical. Yeah. The lyrics drops some lines about how we're free to love anyone we choose. And it was inspired by the Rodney King riots. Judging from the music video, it's also about the fall of communism. (laughs) All this shit. Come on. Get him here. (laughs) Yeah. Communists, (laughs) cops, whatever. Let's all get him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. But like at that time, a lot of his fans were like, fuck this. Like the country radio stations were boycotting the song, not all of his songs, but just that song. And apparently this came to a head. I, I think I vaguely remembered him singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl, but he apparently like left the stadium 45 minutes prior to when he was supposed to go go on. He like bounced because and NBC like went and tried to get John Bon Jovi out of the stands. To- <laughs> oh, this because NBC wouldn't play the video. Yeah, because so he was like, "You have to play this music video about like my uh, We Shall Be Free song," and NBC was like, "It's too dark, Garth. It's it's dark, Garth. We want light, Garth. We want yeah. friends in low places." And he was like, "I'm walking," and so he left the fucking football stadium Hell where yeah. the Super Bowl was being held 45 minutes before. And then, and they couldn't, they couldn't wrangle John Bon Jovi quickly enough. And so they <laughs> eventually just caved and let him show the, the what video. What were those phone calls like between the people on the ground in the venue and like oh, the executives, man. like the higher, I'm, I'm sure they were probably there too. Being like, Garth, look, we're trying. He's like, no, play it or I'm gone. Yeah. And he's like, but it's, and he's like, I'm leaving then. And they're like, fuck, wait. I saw Bon Jovi. I was just doing coke with him in the bathroom. Maybe he can fucking <laughs> exactly. sing it. And he's like, nah, man, his voice is fucked from all the coke we were doing in the bathroom. So I guess we got to play this shit. (laughs) His politics just generally are kind of confusing. Like he claims to be a Republican. I I don't know if he how recently he's claimed that, but like he he performed at Obama's swearing in ceremony, turned down playing at Trump's inauguration because Biden's he played at Biden's too. And then he played at Biden's. Yeah. Yeah. So he's I think he's. Like, you just have to claim to be a Republican if you're a successful Mm -hmm. country artist. I think more than that, I think he's just a very savvy capitalist. That's all this is. He knows how to make money. And he's not going to fucking, he's not going to launch a business and be like, and I'm on the wrong side of the culture wars. Welcome. Come on in. Yeah. Just raw stuff like this. Slick stuff. Like equality. There's also that time in 2020 where he played a sold-out stadium in Detroit but wore a Barry Sanders jersey to the concert. And, you know, Barry Sanders was number 20. 
So the back right. of his jersey said Sanders 20. And people were like, he's a fucking Bernie, bro. <laughs> like flipped out. <laughs> Which seems like I was still like, but he knew what he was doing, right? Like that, that was kind of weird. It's not like, I think I even went so far as to like research if he always wears like the football jersey of like whoever the greatest player is. But right. apparently him and Barry Sanders went to college together. And he's just oh, like a shit. huge Barry Sanders fan. So that's... Oh. Oh. That's where that came from. So it's always like, is he? Nah. <laughs> right, right, right. The... I think it's just, yeah, again, he knows like this is, it's not, he, he's smart enough to know it's like, you can't, I'm not going to be on the side of homophobia and like right. outwardly do that. Even if I might believe that in private, I know better than to try and make money off of a brand like that. Yeah. And again, he might, he might believe that himself or whatever, but I think when he makes these decisions, they always keep him like just on the right side of things to keep his brand like popular, yeah. like across yeah. the board ish. Yeah. He's just having it both ways. He's like a red blooded CMT friendly Republican. And he also like is clearly more supportive of Democrats in recent years. And like he won't come out and say that he supports the trans community, but he will sell Bud Light at his bar and promote right. the idea of diversity in general. Because his argument, too, also was kind of like, it's the most popular beer in the country. And until it isn't, I'm going to serve it. Yeah. So it's yeah, also yeah. like, unless he was also like, hey, assholes, if you're that principled enough and you don't buy it and it's clear that I, people don't like it, then maybe I'll reconsider. So it's like he's kind of also knows he's like, look, I also got the sales argument, yeah. not just the I stand with uh, like the LGBTQ community. But hey, Garth. He his argument about off. diversity was actually about diversity of beer taps in at his restaurant. <laughs> but he is the best-selling solo artist in U.S. history. Like, That's across the board. Not what? just in country. In U.S. history. Oh, that makes so sense. It is a little frustrating that, you know, it, do, it does feel like there's an opportunity here, but not one that he will be taking. It's like waiting for a corporation to uh, heal the divisions in this country. <laughs> it's wild, though, too, to see the, the Republicans instinct or the right wing instinct to be like, fuck Garth Brooks, then. Right. <laughs> because it's like the, the other thing is we have one, new God. Yeah. They, one person's like, like a uh, commenter was like, he doesn't seem to understand that woke and honky tonk don't go together. That's right. And then another one was saying, He's making me want to go to Nashville just so I could go ahead and piss on his doorstep. And another <laughs> so I guy, can go ahead and piss on his doorstep. Another like person who ran go for ahead. office as a Republican, he's like, now I delete every Garth Brooks song from my collection. Never again, Garth. Yeah. And Matt uh, Gates said, uh, this is really interesting. He said, I'm sure glad we have Garth Brooks to tell us who is and isn't an asshole. Question, though, does it make someone an asshole if they cheat on their spouse, write a song about it with their paramour, and then publish the duet with that very paramour? Talking about Trisha Yearwood. Like, wow. Go, it's like, are you serious? Sir, you're under investigation for trafficking minors. <laughs> please, <laughs> please fall all the way to the back and shut up. But again, they're, they're trying their best. Yeah, I mean, I don't I'm not going to hold my breath for Garth Brooks to uh, come in and, you know, he bring the country together. But I've heard good things about the politics of this Chris Gaines fella. So <laughs> let's let's see where, where he goes with that project. Yeah, it's wild, though, too. Like when you look at it, 
for all the boy quote unquote boycotts, boycott, boycotts. Wow. Yeah. They're, like the sales have been going down actually, but it's still the top beer. Right. It's like, sorry, we can't, you know, as much as you think you're doing something, that everything we're hearing is that you yeah. still love us. Yeah. The, st- the top beer owned by the massive conglomerate that owns all other beers that you are now drinking <laughs> instead of Bud Light. Yeah. So, yeah. I can't give up this gay beer. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But I think that's also goes back to sort of like what the principles are on the right wing. Like it's it's never really rooted in something real. That's why they can't fully quit half of these brands that they say are like woke because that right. would require them to be principled enough to be like, I stand by my convictions that I hate gay people. Yes. And they, I'm sure there are people like that. But there's clearly not enough or the people that are inspired, you know, to that kind of action that are like they can commit to something like that. Because at the end of the day, y'all are just consuming like any other person. But I get that you like to copy what you yeah. think principled people would do. It's ah. not it's not rooted in anything, any real stuff, raw stuff, slick, true stuff. stuff, slick stuff like this. Yeah, It ain't bringing down the walls. Yeah. Anyways, Courtney, such a pleasure having you on the show where can people find you follow you uh hear you all that good stuff uh check out one of my podcasts i have private parts unknown the bleeders podcast bestie i'm also trying to get to the top one percent on OnlyFans before i retire so there you go a little playboy peek behind the the podcast how how Coco far are you from show. getting there i i'm in the top five percent Damn. Wow. What that means? Like how many people how many people does that mean? I don't I don't know people. Like in wise. terms of account, I mean accounts. Like how many how many accounts are in the top 5? Like is that a th- like numerical? I'm sure it's like a, a ton of two, people. I interviewed 20, someone who's in like the top 0.1 and she, but and she makes 100 grand a day. A month. Jasmine <sighs> Jafar. I do not do that. <laughs> Jesus. Man. Well, <laughs> Amazing. Is there a work of media that you've been enjoying? Um, you know what? Uh, this guy, Stephen, he's not this guy. He's like quite successful. But Stephen <laughs> uh, D. Knight, Spielberg? I guess he made Spartacus. But um, he had a great Twitter thread about the DGA vote and AI. Uh, mm. So anyway, it starts with. This thread, the fact that sharing viewership data was the one thing that the AMPTP absolutely refused to negotiate with the DGA on this is a big reason I voted no to ratify the deal. The streamers, particularly Netflix, are hiding something, whether it's good or bad, remains to be seen. Anyway, he has a big breakdown of these numbers and a hypothesis on which way to go. But I do think the DGA should vote no and we have to have a big labor moment so check that out if you are following the writer's strike there you go miles where can people find you is there a work of media you've been enjoying oh he made this the recent spartacus i'm like thinking like the, not the <laughs> there tony, was a was bunch tony of spartacuses in his imdb when i looked because i was like who is this and then yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. looks like you made a whole career out of spartacus <laughs> Not, I'm like Kirk. He, he was working with Kirk Douglas on Spartacus, <laughs> <laughs> and this man's like, let me tell you all about AI real quick in the streamers. Uh, me, oh, uh, Twitter, Instagram at Miles of Gray. Uh, if you want basketball podcast, that's Miles and Jack got Matt got Boosties. Boosties. The season just ended. Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. You done it. <laughs> Such uh, respect you put on their name. I mean the Nuggets. I love it. I mean, yeah. I 
I look, I saw, I heard, I know. Once you served us a heaping plate of L's, the Lakers, I was like, this team is the best. Uh, that I've seen. Uh, and also, if you want to hear me talk trash reality, that's 420 Day Fiance with Sophie Alexandra, and that's uh, every Thursday-ish comes out. Nice. Was there a uh, work of media? Oh, 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 that, oh, work that, of that, media. that, oh, work of media. Um, do I have one? Oh, yes. Uh, here's one from uh, Brody Gupta, at Brody Gupta, tweeted, I got a perfect SAT score, but I didn't get into any college just because I'm Indian. And also, I didn't apply and I lied about the SAT. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. A tweet I was enjoying. Harrison Weinreb tweeted, a guy at McDonald's got his order and said, so fast. Wow. I just smiled, looked over and said, welcome to McDonald's, brother. I'm just realizing it seems like the, I, I am sponsored by McDonald's in this episode. It's okay. I can assure you. I am. Guys, Google Jack's background. You'll see. He's <laughs> heir to the McDonald's off. fortune. Yeah. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, is there a song that you think people might enjoy? Oh, yes. I think there is a song that you might enjoy. Uh, this is a remix of the from the J.J. Doom album. That was another like collaborative MF Doom uh, uh, tape. Uh, but this is a remix by one half of the Neptunes, Chad Hugo. This is a track called Governor, G-U-V apostrophe N-O-R. But the Chad Hugo remix, and it's nice for for those of us who remember the Neptunes era. It's just nice to hear that sort of Neptunes-ish aesthetic over MF Doom. Is that what you were playing when Courtney joined the Zoom? I yeah, I was, I was, I was. Yeah, is is it dope? Yeah, yeah. Check it out in the footnotes. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning back this afternoon to tell you what is trending and we will talk to y'all then bye bye here's something you might not know about wireless sometimes what you see isn't what you get but with visible what you see is what you get switch to visible the wireless company that makes wireless visible get a one-line plan with unlimited 5g data powered by verizon just 25 dollars per month taxes and fees included switch now at visible.com monthly rate on the visible plan for data management practices and additional terms visit visible.com something that makes me crazy is when people say well i had this career before but it was a waste and that's where the perspective shift comes that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now this is she pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription 
which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Today. 